Welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast that explores guest stories from real people and looks at how an interaction with hospitality during travel can affect a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchstay Digital Guidebooks. As leaders in the hospitality space, we want to dig into real guest experiences to learn about what really makes an impact on them, however good or bad the experience is. Introducing your Touchstay hosts, Hi friends, I'm Tyann Marsink-Hammond, and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. So pack your bags and let's join your hosts and this week's guest. Welcome to our next episode of the Guest Cast. Um, Our season one is six episodes, and we decided to do this bonus where it is a Touch Day team member who's going to give us her story. So Hannah Gardner, uh, welcome to the Guest Cast, and tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I'm Hannah Gardner. I am the content manager at Touch Day. So I haven't actually been on the team for very long, so I've been kind of getting into the world of vacation rentals and stuff like that. And it's been really interesting. And I'm here to talk to you and tell you about my story. But Hannah, you didn't tell us the most fun part of your background, which is your voiceover work. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to ask you if Hannah Gardner can turn into the queen for like 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> well, I can try, yes. I'm here and I absolutely love Touch Day and I love the Touch Day guidebooks. <laughs> Fantastic. The queen loves us. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it might be weird as well for listeners as well, because on the intro, that's my voice. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we, we um, you haven't been here long, but you're, you're like a brilliant part of the team already. So um, we thought we'd have you on the podcast and ask you to tell us a story about your travel. So um, yeah. yeah, take it away. So, yeah, my story um, starts with um, a breakup. So I was with my ex-boyfriend for a long time, 12 years. And I left that relationship kind of like, oh, I need to go and do something. I need to go and like go away by myself. So um, I live in Valencia in the south of Spain. So I didn't want to go too far because I was a bit too scary. So um, I decided to go to the north of Spain, Galicia, which everyone had told me was beautiful, like really green gorgeous and it's where everyone does that um the pilgrimage the the ruta de santiago i think it's called or the yeah so i was gonna do that (laughs) but i hadn't trained and i hadn't done enough walking so i thought no it's too much but um how far far was it like when you hadn't done any training was we we talking (laughs) hundreds of kilometers or yeah well i think the full pilgrimage is from like france down to santiago santiago is like the last place that everyone ends up in so yeah it's a good if you do the yeah. whole thing it's like a good over, few weeks over the Pyrenees as well yeah. yeah so that was some serious stuff that was too much um finding of myself that I didn't want to yeah. dedicate to so um so yeah I'm I decided that I would do a few days by the coast in A Coruña and then afterwards in in Santiago so yeah I got to A Coruña and had just an amazing time, everything that I needed really, like met some cool people, um, just was really just having the most incredible time, just, yeah, learning to be by myself after having never done anything like that. So loads of like incredible 
like sites I met some people there that like, took me around and showed me things that I would never have seen if I'd have just like stayed in the city or whatever like saw amazing views and did some cool hikes and stuff like that so yeah I was like on a massive 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 high um and then I did the next part of my trip which was three days I think in Santiago and I got there and I'd chosen a um an Airbnb that I'd found that was like me staying in a room in the family's house so it wasn't like me having my own space which I'd done for both of the trips mainly because I was stingy (laughs) (laughs) and um, I wanted to meet people as well and like yeah I didn't kind of just want it to be me just calling myself off or whatever so um, yeah it was this incredible incredible house that was like slightly outside of the city and like had views of the cathedral um, but like between the house and the cathedral was like an amazing field and like it was so green and it was like lovely as well because it reminded me of home of England because it's a totally different landscape to the south of Spain so just lush but the people in in the house <laughs> that I was staying in were just so nice from the moment I walked in I remember like it was like a family um like the husband was Argentinian um the wife was Galician and they had like uh, a teenage kid or whatever who was like really chatty and whatever and they and they were like I got in and they gave me snacks they like um asked me what I wanted to do and like helped me do some plans for things and stuff like just instantly really friendly so already like loads of good vibes but after that kind of like showed me to my room and I went off exploring and like did whatever I was going to do that um so I was always I was already on this like really big high like so happy because my trip had been exactly what I needed it to be um and then (laughs) on I think like the second day of Santiago I was like walking through the town and I remember I was like starting to feel like quite unwell and I like, had a bit of a fever, but I was like, nah, nah that's fine. I'm just ignoring it. And I remember I went to a bar and forced myself to sit down and have like a bit of um, tortilla, of the, the Spanish tortilla, because it's like a, like a speciality there. Like it's really good. If you ever go to Galicia, you have to have the tortilla in Galicia. Um, and so I sat there with like a little beer, like forcing myself to have it, but it just, my throat was like closing up. I could feel that I was like, just not okay and I was like this is this is not good so I decided to go back to um my host's house and rest and like I had the bedroom at the top of the house and I was like pretty much to myself whatever but then I started to get really really sick like I had a massive fever I could barely like breathe through my throat and what it turned out to be was tonsillitis which I had never had in my life before and I think I was like 28 at this point so it's like never felt anything like that plus I'm a massive hypochondriac so I was convinced I was dying (laughs) (laughs) I was like I was I'm I'm dead like I'm I don't know anyone here I'm here by myself and I'm like I'm dying there's no two ways about it (laughs) um and you, yeah, pressed, and you, I, pressed, you pressed the drama button really quite quickly didn't yeah. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say like it, it was I was really sick and I don't get really sick very often like a handful of times in my life where I've been really really bad so for me it was like a big deal plus the inner drama queen in me plus the fact that I was away from home and I was on my own and I think like the next day or the day after I was due to fly back <clears throat> so it was like coming towards the end of my trip and I was I couldn't get out of bed I was like absolutely stuck to the mattress so um I had to ask the host for help and it was just this in- 
incredible thing where she just showed up for me in a way that like someone really close would have would have like mm. helped me like it was incredible like she brought me soup she made me soup uh brought it upstairs like kept on checking on, in on me every two hours was taking my temperature um and then because the way that um like healthcare and stuff works in Spain I couldn't go to a doctor there um because I wasn't part of that community um so she took me to her neighbor who was a doctor and the doctor um gave me antibiotics and like looked at everything and checked that I was okay or whatever so like just completely looked after me in a way like a mum would like it was incredible oh. and I and I was so scared like really genuinely scared because yeah it was the first time I'd ever been anywhere on my own so yeah it was it was amazing and then um it got to the point where I was like still really bad and my flight was the next day and um she was like look I've got someone coming in tomorrow um but you can stay here we've got a different room that we don't rent out like you can stay here free of charge we're not going to charge you like you can't fly back if you're if you're really ill and you can stay however long you need which was just like and it just so kind like literally reinforced like you don't have to pay anything just stay here like I don't want you to be ill and here on your own or whatever um and it didn't come to that in the end I did manage to fly back um very feeling very very sorry for myself <laughs> um and got back to Valencia and then kind of carried on being very sick and dramatic here but the whole experience was just like that could have been that could have made what was for me a really like important trip for me of where I was in that point in my life totally crap I, it could have completely ruined it for me but because of how she decided to yeah show up for me was made it remarkable and I can so imagine I can imagine if you had been staying in a hotel that you wouldn't have had you might have been recommended a doctor to go to or um I don't know I dare say they might have um perhaps helped you find the nearby pharmacy to get what you need but I that they obviously wouldn't have done that and it reminds me that that's really at the heart of what and I'm going to say Airbnb. I'm assuming you were staying in an Airbnb. I'm even using an Airbnb word <laughs> phrase. I'm kind of stopping. I'm thinking, why, Andy, are you using that? Um, but it, it reinforces what that entire um, kind of story of what it is to be an Airbnb host is all about. And oftentimes I cringe, especially recently where they've done a big drive in trying to promote new supply to the Airbnb platform. So I've heard them on the radio. I've seen TV ads. And it's always stories that are as kind of whimsical and, and sort of romantic um, as to not be true. And I know this isn't a romantic story, but it definitely does talk to that very human, personal, hospitable, softer side that we kind of sneer at a bit and say, oh, that's just a gimmick. That's just like an Airbnb marketing thing. And people you know, aren't really like that, but there are people like that. You've very clearly explained that. Um, and I think it's really interesting to, to hear that story. Yeah, for, for me, it was such a surprise that that she would would have done that. But for her, it was obviously just a really natural reaction because there was absolutely no no friction, no like, oh, God, I've got to look after this annoying, like, English girl that's come here. Like, there was, there was absolutely nothing. Like, it was just her, obviously, her way of being and her natural personality is very caregiving. But, yeah, like... And then she even like texted me afterwards and like, like uh, checked in on me like a few, 
few days after for a few weeks I think like if you ever want to come back please come back we'd love to meet you again like it just yeah do you think she's still operating the Airbnb I'd I, yeah I'd love to I'd love to see if she was yeah I'd love to go back as well because <laughs> it was it'd be, it was it'd so be actually it'd be actually neat to 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 put it in the, in in, uh, in the webinar notes or something and to to see yeah, yeah. I'd be kind of, I'd be just very curious because I I tend to be quite nosy <laughs> I'd be quite yeah. curious to see um how they market themselves and the way they come across whether it's a whether it has that vibe about it um, but yeah. that's just a curiosity um Tyane, I, sorry I interrupted you were going to say something no, I was just gonna say it brings out the true definition of hospitality and really brings out the point of that human touch and caring for each other and that we're community you know and we do need to work together at times especially when you're not feeling well and it, this story could have totally turned out differently if you did not have someone there to step in and care for you when you needed to. Yeah, I, and I think I think for me as well, the main the, the thing that was most important to me, or the thing that impacted me most, was the fact that like I was on my own, and for me, like that was the first time I traveled on my own as well. Like if I'd have been with a friend or a partner or whatever, she wouldn't have had to step in so much as she did. Like she might she might have done, and you know, but she like. She just took on that role of like my my person because I was completely on my own and like that it's yeah it's scary traveling on your own when you've never done it before since then I've gone on done loads of things on my own and partly because I had such a good experience with her I didn't have any fear anymore because it's like well the worst things happened to me it was really scary and horrible and um yeah since I went to Cuba on my own I've been to Italy on my own I've done like lots of different trips and it's all been amazing I'm just kind of a bit more fearless now because because of that experience with her, I think it's a lot to do with it. And I think also this speaks to those who are getting into hosting or owning or managing a vacation rental, that there is a, a sense of responsibility that those of us who host um, do have to our guests. Uh, here in um, the winter, we had a really bad ice storm come through the Midwest and we're in the Ozark Hills, Ozark Mountains. And when there's ice on the roads, you're not going anywhere. And so we really did our best to accommodate any guests that were stuck because people did not come with four wheel drive expecting an ice storm and being pulled out of the ditch. We had a few guests attempt to leave and then they had to walk back to the house and call a tow truck. Uh, so definitely like the host that you had the experience with, you know, and other hosts, I know there's many stories around the world like that where host owners, managers step in and just care for people. And I, it, this business isn't just about money. It's about caring for others and uh, making sure they're safe and that you have that responsibility to them. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Tyan. But I'm also wondering as a host, how I can possibly imagine the kind of different things that might come up and I've got guests coming in and out and turning over and Hannah happened to be lucky that her host had a room for her to stay in and uh, I, I wonder if if hosts and managers listening to this are thinking oh you know it's great I've got that I've got that sensibility I, I am hospitable and I do care and all that but at the end of the day if, if a guest gets sick there's not really much I can do about it so, I mean what do you do you is there anything you do, Tyan, that sort of, is there a team of people that you go to for certain things that go wrong? Or like, how do you approach that unknown that might go wrong with a guest? I, I, that's a really good question. And I think that's exactly what it is, is you have a team um, and, or a network. So not only your, your team, your boots on the ground, 
uh, but knowing people in the community and knowing the other host owners and managers in the community as well. And I mean, I've got my family, obviously, and, you know, several siblings and my parents um, are here. But for instance, this week, um, we're coming up on a holiday weekend here in the United States. And there are a lot of house, new houses being built and things have gotten behind. So one of the designers called me up and said, do you happen to have something open for this weekend for the holiday? And obviously we're completely booked except for a brand new house we're setting up this week. So we're setting up a nine bedroom house and we're going to do it in three and a half days because even though these guests that were supposed to stay in a different house that has no plumbing or electric and they're arriving in a couple days, um, they're not my guests, but I, I am going to be the hero for this other owner who was put into this position. And I'm, I don't know, I, am, I have this, this sense of we are protectors of family time and family memories and having to tell someone that your holiday weekend is canceled because the timeline of the construction went not just over because you planned for over, but it went out of whack and I'll do what I can. And, you know, it, it's a miracle that this is even available. So, you know, it's, I try to look for those things. And if maybe there's a sense of, um, over sense of responsibility in my brain, I don't know, but hmm. I, if I didn't have this available, I would immediately start problem solving. Okay. They've got this time off work. They've made these plans. Maybe they've gotten babysitters. They've saved up their money. There's so many logistics that go into a guest travel. And one thing like, you know, their lodging not available is huge. So knowing people, whether it's, you know, not just your own network in your own community, but outside that. So then you can even say, okay, there's nothing available here, but I know someone in this location over here, these are the amazing activities you can do. Why don't we put you over here instead, instead of just saying goodbye? Because unfortunately I've seen that this summer too. A guest called us up and said, um, we just got canceled from our stay. That's 30 days from now. And all they said was the house won't be ready. Here's your money back. And that's it. There was no, I'm really sorry. There's no, we're going to try to help you find another place. None of that. So just, even if you can just show the, the empathy of, you know, we're really sorry. We know how you feel. We put you in a really bad place. We're doing everything we can to help you find another place. Even if it's just the, the sentiment to give, to, to empathize with them, I think is really important. Just that, that human touch. Mm. Yeah, I, I think in peak season, and especially these days when people are favoring vacation rentals over other forms of accommodation, the availability of another place to go and stay is probably going to be very, very, very scarce. Um, but I like the idea of having people in the community that you could turn to for various things. And I wonder if that's what um, those who kind of are struggling a bit to know what to do, or even those who say, well, it's not my problem, um, maybe there's a way of re rethinking that and saying it's not necessarily your direct problem, but there are various people that you could call on that could make the life of the guest much easier when something does go wrong. Um, so yeah, very cool. Um, and it could even be, sorry, Andrew, I was just thinking that that could be like something that could even go in like the touch day guidebooks as well, like, like contacts for if there are emergencies and stuff. I'm sure people already do that, but like 
for me like if I'd if she hadn't showed up in the way that she did like having details of a local doctor or pharmacy or what to do like things like that like kind of predicting all worst type of scenarios and making sure that there's contact available there yeah, yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 that that could be that could be the the sort of the minimum the minimum required yeah. standard <laughs> and then if there's anything kind of more dramatic that goes wrong then we all know people don't we i mean we're, we're all we're all like in this business we're all fairly well connected so you know imagine someone comes to your door and goes help i am blah you probably know someone who can help resolve blah it's just kind of that thinking about it. it's a scenario based thinking about what could go wrong um yeah so so very 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 interesting and um Cuba you went to Cuba though after all of that and did, yeah. but nothing went wrong in Cuba like that's the sort of place that I can imagine would be a little <laughs> bit more scary than you know your doorstep well you'd think that but actually Cuba for tourists I think is incredibly safe like um Cuba makes a big deal out of making sure Cubans make Cuba really safe for tourists so that the tourists go mm. so even me as like a single female traveler there like yeah that was like it's different there's a lot of there's a lot of like catcalling and stuff like that like but if you can deal with that kind of stuff there's no harm like I didn't have any difficulties and a lot of people I spoke to either didn't but yeah Cuba was Cuba was amazing I had a similar thing on a on a tour when I was in Cuba where um, I did a a horse ride trip in uh, I think I was in Vinales no I was in um, uh, Trinidad and uh we went to, I went on a horse ride trip, really, really excited, a bit hungover, I think, had too much rum the night before. And we ended up going to this waterfall that so many tourists were there, like so many. And I was sat there, I was like, oh, this is just, this is crap. Like, this is like this kind of thing, like I'd take a photo and everyone would be like, oh, that's lovely. But then what they do is in the photo is a thousand other people kind of just there, <laughs> yeah. like. So I was like a little bit disappointed. And I don't know what happened to me this day, um, but I like full on got the British out of me. And he was like, oh, did you like it? Like, do you like the... Um, the waterfall and I was like do you know what not really (laughs) like it's beautiful but like this isn't like I wanted something a bit more like private and nice and like I don't know something a little bit less obviously touristy and he went oh okay I'll take you somewhere else I was like all right okay (laughs) so it was just me and him on our horses and there was a moment in my brain especially when he was like I remember like we went off the track away from all all the other tourists on the horses which there were lots Mm -hmm. very very like well-trodden trodden track and he like went off to the side started like undoing gates dogs were running barking and I was like oh god what have I done is this this moment where I just shouldn't have said anything and now I should say something and I should go like I should go I should go I should go (laughs) but I kept and I was like nope Cuba's really safe that like and I'm lucky because I speak Spanish so like all the communication was really like was was fine and stuff and I felt I felt safe enough to carry on going through what I'm sure a lot of people would have gone nope I'm getting out of here but in the end we ended up going way way far away from anywhere else to this amazing place which was like another mini waterfall no one else was there it was the most whimsical amazing thing ever like I remember like I was in in the lake basically swimming and an almond fell from an almond tree and then he got a stone and started like getting it out of its shell and gave him the almond I was like oh my god well (laughs) this is just incredible and like the horses were drinking from the lake and stuff and we're just sat there chatting and like it was it was lush and that was literally just because I was like no I don't like it (laughs) can you you show me something else I didn't even say that he was like yeah okay cool Uh was this a tour or a date it was, it was, a, it was a paid tour. It was, yeah, it was, but it was just me on the tour that went with him. Um, but 
but yeah like and that again was just that whole trip was incredible but again I think I had that confidence to go and be in like go and do those things and and yeah not have so much fear around around traveling on my own and and those kind of experiences have happened because that first trip was made so okay for me even though it went wrong that's interesting it gave you the confidence that if something goes wrong there's a way out it also reminds me of the podcast we did with Julie Dean and she had similar stories about how she went off into scenarios which any normal person would think was a little sketchy yeah and and she 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 had what you had which is yeah well she didn't have any of that kind of she didn't say she had any of that panic that you had and you but but ultimately you both had like a certain sense that it was actually going to be all right you trusted your gut and your experience um and I know that's an awfully fine line to tread when you know you're traveling solo so I don't want to kind of proclaim to know what that's like and you know at what point you trust your gut and what point it's full full foolish but um by by sort of following that path you end up having this amazing experience and this is what so many people want they don't want to go to the waterfall with 100 other people they want to find no. a different spot they can brag about and um absolutely you know and and i don't know sometimes you just have to kind of feel a little uncomfy to 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 go and do that kind of stuff so um yeah very very interesting um and i wish there were more kind of people out there who would um I expect there are quite a few. I mean, we're going to talk, aren't we, to in in the next series of the podcast to yeah. uh, one of your friends who's who's uh, lives in Cuba and is is all about yeah. local experiences. Yeah, she's she's lived in Cuba. She's in the UK at the moment, but yeah, I'm sure she's got amazing stories about like Cuban hospitality in general and like the kind of general tourism sector in Cuba. Because I think that's probably quite a different thing to a lot of the world, just because of mm. how Cuba is and and stuff but yeah it's really interesting really interesting topic well hannah as we wrap up um what's one bit of advice you would give to hosts listening to this oh yeah i would say from like because it's weird because now i'm in like understand the industry a bit better i can understand that saying this might be a bit like demanding (laughs) but as like a as like a traveler like yeah the people who have gone really out of their way like the tour guide in Cuba and like my host in Galicia have just totally made my trip my trips and my experiences incredible so like yeah any little thing that you can do that just makes it personalized to your guest or makes it makes it special to them and makes it memorable to them like might not even be a big deal for you you might do stuff like that all the time but maybe that that uh cuban guy took everyone there <laughs> like, but it felt to me like like he didn't and like it was special to me and they went out of his way for me so for me that was an amazing experience so yeah in short i guess my my advice is just to yeah do do little things if you can that really make your guests feel special because that is what makes the most amazing memories and yeah that's what gets you the good reviews Tyanne, it reminds me of one of the love languages that we've often spoken about in, in presentations, the acts of service. That's mm. ultimately what you described there. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's it, and when what's interesting is it's not you want it's not about receiving gifts or you didn't want anything of like of tangible stuff that you could take back. It was the intangible sort of service. Yeah. Memory creation. Memory creation. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing. 
amazing that's 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 great advice that's it's actually advice that only somebody who is completely fresh to this goes oh maybe it's demanding but this is what i should say it's like the re- it's it is yeah. actually a bit demanding isn't it to think about how you can be like that very different kind of that add something really definitively different um but it's what guests want absolutely yeah. it is and, and just simply listening to the guests so you can figure out what it is they want and that is it's difficult to do on scale but I think also training your whole team to, to listen. So when they do come across that and then give them ability to do something about it, just like Rand Christian, when he had his rental car and he beat up someone else's car and he has this dent and he's so worried about it and the valet took care of it um, because the valet listened and, and took it over. Vincenzo. Yes, Vincenzo. Amazing. Hannah, thank you very much for being our final guest on the first series of the podcast. Do you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast? If so, head to theguestcast.com, send us a brief outline of your story and we'll be in touch. And remember to subscribe to the guest cast on your favourite podcast app, leave us a five-star review and say hello on our social media. At Touchstay on Twitter and Facebook, and at Touchstay Welcome on Instagram. This podcast was brought to you by Touchstay Digital Guidebooks. You can learn more about Touchstay and how they can help make your guests happier at touchstay.com. <laughs>